0: Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This week, I am going to talk a little bit about prophetic intercession and partnering with the Holy Spirit to do that. So I just wanna start with a definition of what intercession is in general. Intercession is the action of intervening on behalf of another. Another definition says the action of saying a prayer on behalf of another person. So you have likely heard the term intercessor and intercessor is a person who is called to pray for others. Generally, intercessory prayer and being prophetic go hand in hand. Someone can be an intercessor without being prophetic. They may just feel a call to pray for people that they know are struggling, and maybe even in a certain area. But as Jennifer Evaz says, every prophet is an intercessor first. So there is not a prophetic person that is not also called to intercession. Now, intercession itself is the action of saying a prayer on behalf of another person, intervening on on behalf of another person, or standing in the gap for another person. So examples of that would be if someone you know is sick and you pray for them, that would be intercessory prayer. If someone you know is struggling with addiction and you pray for them to be free, that would be considered intercessory prayer. And like in Nehemiah, where... Nehemiah had people stand in the gaps of the walls to protect others. That's what intercessors do. They are watchmen on the walls. They stand in the gap for other people, and they protect people from the enemy. That in and of itself is awesome, but I want to talk specifically about prophetic intercession and what that looks like. So some intercessors, as I said, might not really be prophetic, or they might not be a prophet but they know that people are going through things. They want to stand in the gap for those people that are struggling. When someone is a prophetic intercessor, or they are a prophet and an intercessor, which, like I said, prophets are intercessors. We are not given knowledge from God to just know it. We are given knowledge from God to intervene and to stand in the gap and to call God's will to be done here on earth. So that is really the basis of prophetic intercession. So what does being a prophetic intercessor look like? It could mean that you wake up in the middle of the night with a dream about someone being injured or in a car wreck or someone in your life struggling, and you are immediately called into prayer to intercede on their behalf against whatever you saw in your dream. Now, generally, nightmares and things like that are not necessarily things that are going to happen. They could be a warning from God saying this could happen. They could also be metaphorical and calling you to pray for specific areas, but most of the time, or, you know, it could be representative of something else, but most of the time that type of dream is actually a call to intercession, meaning we actually have a piece of the outcome of what happens in that. So I know personally, for me, I have actually been called to intercessory prayer since I was a very young girl and prophetic intercession specifically. God used to wake me up in the middle of the night if people I knew were in car wrecks. And I can remember distinctly a number of nights where I was just woken up in the middle of the night. I knew something was wrong. I knew who it was affecting. I felt... Figured it was likely a car accident and I was on my knees praying my, my booty off for a good few hours until I knew that they were okay. And yes, if you were wondering if those re- things really happened, I did in fact find out every single time that the person I was praying for had been in a car accident, but they ended up being okay. In fact, one of the times the person's mother called me first thing in the morning and said that their car had been found, but not them. And they were panicked. I had already been up all night praying because I knew. So that's kind of what prophetic intercession looks like. But there are different pieces to prophetic intercession that I want to talk about. What does it actually look like to partner with the Holy Spirit in intercessory prayer? okay so what does it actually look like to partner with the holy spirit in prophetic intercession or contending for a prophetic word so we've talked a lot about the prophetic but just to rehash what is a prophetic word a prophetic word is a word that you have received or someone else has received well technically you would still be receiving it anyway a prophetic word is a word you have received from god with some sort of a promise or picture into your future and what it either could like or a promise for what it will look like. So this word can come from God speaking directly to you in, you know, a number of ways, visions, dreams, audibly, of uh, the audible voice of God. It can also be sort of an internal voice. It can be a sense or a feeling and knowing. It can also come from other people. It can come from other prophetic people. Sometimes God confirms a word we've gotten through other people. Also, a prophetic word from God can come from the actual word of God in the Bible. The Bible is full of prophetic promises. It is full of promises of God. It has promises for healing, has promises for restoration. There's a promise that if the enemy has stolen things from you, that you can get sevenfold return. It says in Proverbs, when the thief is caught, he must repay sevenfold. So there are a number of promises in the Bible that speak prophetically into your life. That can be a prophetic word to stand on and contend with. So now that we've talked about that, I want to talk about when we have a prophetic word, how do we contend for that prophetic word? How do we partner with the Holy Spirit To bring that prophetic word to pass, how do we do prophetic intercession? So what does that look like? I'm going to give you a list, and then I'm going to talk about what each piece is. Warring with the word. So you're given a prophetic word. What now? Some people say, just thank God, say I receive it in Jesus' mighty name, and it's yours. Well, yes, you can do that. Usually... It takes a little more than that to war with the word or partner with the word. A lot of the time, there are prayers that we need to pray and actions we need to take. So, warring with the word can look like speaking that word every day that you pray. That would be warring with that word. Maybe you've gotten a prophetic word with a promise, but right now that promise that you've gotten looks the opposite. Maybe you're believing for healing in an area, but... Instead of healing, you've gotten sicker temporarily. You war with the word that you've gotten for healing. They said, God said that you would be healed. You are healed. So warring with the word wouldn't look like just asking God to be healed. It would be decreeing those things. It would be speaking that word. Thank you, God, that I am healed. Thank you, God, that you promised me that I would be healed. And so I am healed. God, I decree that I am healed. So prophetic decrees are another thing. Let me go through the list really fast. We have warring with the word, prophetic decrees, prophetic intercession, which is what we're kind of talking about as a whole, and prophetic acts, putting faith action to words. So. We've just talked a little bit about warring with the word. When we get a word that we are excited about and we want to receive, we don't just stop at saying, thank you, Jesus, I receive it. We continue to stand on that word. We continue to stand on that word in faith, even if things look the opposite of that in the moment. So I was using the example of healing. Thank you, God, that I am healed. Thank you for your promise that I would be healed, Lord. God, I thank you that you are doing this. Thank you, God, that every promise from you is true. So it can look like thanking the Lord for the word. Thanking God and praising God is always a good way to war with the word. Another good way is to say, I know what the enemy is saying, And that might be a fact right now, but this is what the truth is. God told me that this would happen, and so it will happen. I am healed. I am healed. The facts might say that I'm sicker, but the truth says that I am healed in Jesus' mighty name. Also, we are given prophetic words so that we have hope through the times that they haven't happened yet. In Isaiah 46, 10, it talks about how God is the only one who knows the future. And sometimes he will tell us the end from the beginning. Well, he does that so that we will know where we're headed and we will have hope through the journey, even when it's difficult. And sometimes God confirms a word over and over and over again. And he does that because he knows that the battle is hard. And he needs to encourage us throughout the battle. That's his way of keeping us strong. It talks in Timothy. Paul is talking to Timothy and he tells him, you have received prophetic words for your life. Stand on those words. Though they tarry, they will surely come to pass. So you stand on the word. Tarry means though they seem to have been delayed or they haven't come yet. They will surely come to pass. They are yet for an appointed time. So you stand on those words and you war with those words until you see the full the full fruition of the word that you have received. So here are some ways to war with the word. Prophetic decrees. That would be a word from God and decreeing it and declaring it. You can use scripture. Like I used an example of one scripture that you could use as a decree is... God's promises are true. They are yes and amen. And you could say, I decree that I am healed because God promised me and God's promises are true. They are yes and amen. There's another verse that says, God fulfills every single promise he ever made to me. So you can decree God is fulfilling every single promise he ever made to me. I am healed because God promised me that I am healed. There are also specific words in the Bible that are talking about healing. So with this example, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. So you can decree, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. And I usually say I decree before, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Thanking God can be like a decree also, but it's praising him in the midst. But I will often say I decree, or I decree and declare that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Or, In the sense of being in prophetic intercession, because we're talking about intercession. The examples I've given were for you personally. Now, if you're praying for someone else and interceding for them, let's say, I'm going to throw out a name, Tom. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I'm just giving a name. I decree that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, Tom is healed. Let's say Tom has a, a foot injury. I decree by the stripes of Jesus Christ, Tom is healed. Here's another verse that would go well with that. I decree that Tom will run and not grow weary. He will walk and not faint. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I decree that Tom's foot is healed. There's another verse in Isaiah 35. It says, Our God has come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He has come to save us. He has come to open the eyes of the blind and make them see, to unplug the ears of the deaf and to make them hear and to make the lame walk. So if I'm decreeing over someone with an injured foot, I could say, I decree, it is written. We could say, it is written, God is coming to make the lame walk. I decree that Tom will walk, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, Tom's foot is healed that he will run and not grow weary, that he will walk and not faint. So that would be an example of using scripture as a prophetic decree. Sometimes God gives us a word that is specific to a situation. I sometimes wake up with words in my heart or on my mind from dreaming, and they are a decree. Recently, God told me as I was waking up, I am going to put all the pieces of your life back together and make everything right again. That would be a decree. Thank you, God, that you are putting all the pieces of my life back together and making everything right again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I decree God is putting every piece of my life back together and making everything right again. So that would be an example of a prophetic word that God has given you personally, either for yourself or about a situation. So speaking that over someone else, say that word was for a specific person. I'm going to use Tom again because we already have that name. Poor Tom has been through a lot today. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I decree God is putting all the pieces of Tom's life back together again and making everything right again. That is what we... That is how we do a prophetic decree. And when we are prophetic and we are warring with the word and we are speaking the word in prophetic intercession, we have to be careful with the words we use because our words are powerful. So we want to make sure it's okay to say the facts say this, but this is what I know the truth to be because this is what God said. Prophetic intercession is not ignoring the facts. It's just knowing that the truth of God is greater. So maybe God has given you a specific decree. God gave me a word recently where his voice thundered over us when we were singing worship at church. And I heard his voice thunder and say, let my people go. Now that is biblical. It's from Exodus where God gave a message to Moses to give the Egyptians that said, let my people go. And then Pharaoh was very stubborn, he was very stubborn, but God dealt with him and God made sure to free the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. But there was a process with that, so... How have I warred with that word in intercession? Thank you, God, that you have commanded the enemy to let your people go. And by your command, it is done in the name of Jesus Christ. Your people are being freed from all captivity. They will not be captives any longer because the enemy must let your people go. We know, God, that you deal even with the most stubborn enemy. And just as Pharaoh was stubborn, even the most stubborn enemies are dealt with by you. You will bring anything upon them until they let your people go. And if they pursue, just as the Egyptians pursued at the Red Sea, then we thank you, God, that you will swallow the enemy up in the Red Sea. And here's a verse because we decree that the enemy that we see today will never be seen again because God himself fights for us. So that is an example of warring with the word, one, and doing a prophetic decree. A prophetic decree is speaking the prophetic word. I've heard of people that have had, they've had trouble getting pregnant, for example, and then God showed them a vision of their little, little boy or little girl. And they knew that they were going to have a child at that point, but they still had to decree it. I decree that I am fruitful and I will multiply. That would be a Bible verse you could use. I decree that I will have children. I decree that I will have a son. I decree that I will have a daughter. You know, those kind of words. And you can say, thank you, God, for the child that you have already given me. Thank you, God. If in the example of a son, um, this person specifically saw that they were going to have a son. Thank you, God, for the son that you have given me. Thank you, God, that your promises are true. I pull your promise from heaven down to earth. I command the promise of God to come into my life. God's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for my son. So that would be an example of how you could pray and even praise God at the same time. So we have overall been talking about prophetic intercession and prophetic prayer and giving examples of how you partner with the Holy Spirit in this. But as I said, intercession specifically is not just praying for yourself. That is actually standing in the gap for others. So people who are prophets or very prophetic, they almost have An obligation. I don't want to say an obligation, but they have a calling from God. They can't be healthy in the prophetic if they are not also intercessors because God has trusted prophetic people with his secrets and he's trusted us with that so that we can intercede on behalf of others and do it in a healthy way. So intercessors in general have a heart for people. They have a heart for people to be freed. They have a heart for people to be healed. They have a heart for people to be saved. They have a heart for people to experience the goodness, the grace, and even the glory of God. Intercessors are special people and they are fighters. Now, no people do not have to be prophetic to be an intercessor, but all prophetic people are called to intercession. So if you are prophetic, and this hasn't been part of your life thus far, I encourage you, when you get those words for people, pray for them. When you are awakened from something that seems like a nightmare, start interceding. God partners with us, and this is how we partner with the Holy Spirit. When he trusts us enough to speak to us, we have to trust him enough to partner with his word. We have to partner with his word, just as I was saying with decrees. Sometimes, okay, so an example, the let my people go, God commanded Pharaoh in Exodus to let his people go. When I got that word, that was a command. The enemies must let God's people go. And there was, there was a download that came after that word where he explained that his people had been fighting stubborn enemies and long battles. And he, say, he was saying, enough is enough. I'm stepping in and I'm freeing my people no matter what I have to do to do that. I issued a command so when I was praying into that I said God commanded you and I am partnering with God partnering with his word and I command you to let God's people go and I spoke it when there's a corporate word like that it's a general but it also pertains individually to whoever you've been praying for so say you have been praying for a loved one that's struggling with addiction God issued a command that you must let them go. We'll we'll use Tom again. That you must let Tom go. I partner with the command of God. And by the word of God, I command you to let them go. Addiction, I command you to let Tom go. You can call the specific enemy by name. You don't have to. But I would also say in, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God does give us authority. We were given authority through Christ Jesus when he gave us his Holy Spirit. So we stand in that authority to fight the enemy and we partner with God's word. When we use the actual scripture, it, it's, it says in scripture, there's one part that says, the word of God is a double-edged sword. It cuts between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. So it describes the word of God as a sword. You fight with the word. And the word of God from scripture is always powerful. When I say scripture, I mean in the Bible. But prophetic words from the Lord are powerful too. So I'm going to talk about one last piece to this. And I actually am going to do an episode soon. Maybe next week. We'll see if we can put it together that talks a little more in depth about this and I'll have some guests on for that but the last piece I want to talk about is prophetic acts and putting faith action to words so before we get to prophetic acts specifically when I say putting faith action to words prophetic acts are that they are a faith action however a faith action doesn't necessarily have to be a prophetic act it could be Okay, here's an example. We were talking about the fertility thing before. So in 1 Samuel, we find the story of Hannah. Hannah could not get pregnant. She and her husband had been married for a long time. They had tried to conceive. She could not get pregnant. It even says that the Lord had closed her womb, so she could not get pregnant. Her husband, who loved her dearly, ended up bringing another woman into the marriage and marrying a second woman because biblical times, don't get any ideas, folks. They needed an heir. So he brought another woman in who had no trouble conceiving children, but he didn't even love her. So it started this horrible rivalry where the woman that could conceive wasn't loved, but the woman that the husband loved wasn't able to conceive. And Penina was the one that could conceive and Hannah was the original wife. So Penina Picked at Hannah, poked at her, harassed her, made fun of her, mocked her, made her feel terrible. Hannah knew that her husband is being intimate with this woman. And even though she knows that he loves her, she's not able to have children and she's having to watch this happen. So it was a very difficult thing. But Hannah didn't get bitter. She kept coming to the Lord. She kept asking God to step in. She kept crying out to the Lord to open up her womb. She faithfully went to the temple yearly to come before God. She kept living righteously. Well, the last time she went to the temple, she was in a point of just groanings where the Holy Spirit intervenes for you without words. She was crying out. She was crying out to God without words, with tears, with groanings, just crying out to God to just give her a son. And if God gave her a son, she would give the son back to the Lord. She would rededicate him to God and he would be the Lord's for his whole life. The priest told her after seeing her faith, well, initially he accused her of being drunk, but when she told him that she wasn't drunk, she was just praying. He said, the Lord has granted your request because he knew with that kind of passion, God With that kind of passion, God would see it. God would hear it and God would move on that. But there is actually a faith action that has to go with that word. If she wanted to get pregnant, there's an action that has to go with that. I'm not going to go into detail. I think you can put together what I mean. She had to be intimate with her husband to conceive a baby. So she left with a new, fresh joy after praying to God, pouring her heart out and receiving that word from the priest. He said, God will grant you your request. Well, she left with a new faith. She had a prophetic word from a priest that God would grant her request. But she didn't just go home and do nothing. She went home and was intimate with her husband and did just that. She conceived. So that would be an example of putting a faith action to words. Obviously, without putting that action in motion, God couldn't do his part. But because she did the action, God opened her womb. And even though she had not been able to conceive before, she was this time. Now, obviously, she had done the action prior but had been unable to conceive. But now she had a word from the Lord and she had to continue that action in faith. If she had said it's not going to happen anyway, it wouldn't have happened. So that would be an example of putting faith action to words without a prophetic act. Some faith actions are just common sense. It's like, hey, I want a job. So you apply for jobs, right? Sometimes a job might come straight to you. You don't want to strive. But if you want a job, it's a good thing to apply for a job. That would be a faith action, not necessarily a prophetic act. Now, a prophetic act, on the other hand, is something that God specifically tells you to do. That is putting action to the prophetic word that you have already received. So, a prophetic act could be as simple as God having you go somewhere to take back ground. So, say say someone is praying for their local government and they've been praying they've been praying but they're praying at home in their prayer closet and they're praying that God's kingdom will come to that place God might have them go and do the prophetic act of walking up the steps of the government building standing on the steps and decreeing that that place is being taken back for the kingdom of God so the prayer may have not changed But the action or the prophetic act would be walking up those steps, standing at that building and decreeing it for God. Uh, Another example would be prayer stakes. So I've heard, if you have not heard of these, they're kind of neat and they're great. You can put them in at your home. So there are prayer stakes that have Bible verses on them and you pray over the stakes and you stake the ground at your home. And as you stake the ground, you basically decree these Bible verses and you stake claim on your home and land and you're basically making a statement to the supernatural realm that this place belongs to God and it belongs to me and it is protected. So putting the stakes in the ground would be an example of a prophetic act. Sometimes a prophetic act is really simple and maybe we're in the midst of prayer and God just says, tear down the facade and we just grab the facade and tear it down physically as if we're doing that in the natural, even though it's in the spiritual realm. So those would be some simple examples of prophetic acts. Here is what I know. Prophetic acts are powerful. Maybe you've been stuck. Maybe you have been praying and praying and praying, even standing on a word and you haven't seen emotion. But then God says, go to this place, go to the place that you've been praying for. Put your claim on that ground. Go walk the steps. That would be a prophetic act. You know what a biblical example of a prophetic act would be? A biblical example of a prophetic act would be what they did at Jericho. God gave them an action to take. They weren't to go in fighting. They, they wanted to win the battle. They wanted the walls of Jericho to come down. But God didn't tell them to pound the walls. God gave them a prophetic act. He told them to march around the walls for seven days. And on the final day, after they'd marched around the seventh time, he told them to issue a cry, like a war cry. And when they did, the walls of Jericho came down. That would be an example of a prophetic act. So when God tells you to do something, it might seem silly. To them, walking around walls for seven days probably seemed pretty ridiculous. I mean, they probably thought it would have been much more effective to take a battering ram to the gate to tear it down. But God gave them a word about walking around the walls. And they were obedient to God. And it was so much better than battering down the gate because all the walls came down and God delivered their enemy to them. And in that moment, they won the battle because they were obedient to God's word and they did a prophetic act for that. There are some biblical examples of prophetic decrees as well. If you have heard the story Of the man who was lame. He had not been able to walk. And he was at the pool of Bethesda. And the angel would come and stir the pool. And if someone could get to the pool first. When the angel stirred it. They could be healed. But he had been trying for years. And he would basically given up. He was still at the pool of Bethesda. But he did not. He couldn't get in. He didn't think he could. Jesus comes and sees him. And Jesus says. Do you want to be healed? And he says. Well. Every time I try to get to the pool, people trample on me and they go before me and no one carries me to the pool. So he has these excuses and Jesus looks at him and says, get up and walk, get up and walk. That's a prophetic decree. That's a word from the Lord. That's the power of prophetic intercession right there. That is the power of a prophetic decree. Jesus says, get up and walk. And the man does at the word of God. So that is all for today's podcast. I want to encourage you all today. I know this was a short episode, but I thought that it would be a nice little teaching episode to give you an idea of what being a prayer warrior can look like and what prophetic intercession looks like and even give you new ways to pray for people that you love. I hope that this episode inspired you to leave you with a word for today. I just want to encourage you, Don't stop praying for the things that God has promised. I don't care how long it's taking. I don't care what it looks like. God promised you and he will fulfill his promises to you. You might have been praying for a loved one for a really long time and have not seen a change. But God can do that change. It is yet for an appointed time. So stand on the word of God. Do not stop praying. Do not stop believing. If you are not already, start decreeing. Listen for God and see if there is a prophetic act that he wants you to do to take this situation back into kingdom dominion for God, God's kingdom dominion. Your words are powerful, your acts are powerful, and your intercession is powerful. I have seen crazy breakthroughs in my life, not just for me, but for loved ones, when I just moved And stood on the word of God. It is powerful. So I hope that encourages you today. I hope it also gave you new ways to pray. And inspired you to be passionate in prayer. And maybe even gave you specific decrees. That you can speak into situations in your own life. I love you all. I will talk to you next week. And I will do a session soon on some examples of prophetic acts and people that have done them and the result. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next week.